Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. And for our final, well, our final pre-game jam recording episode, <laughs> I think it's going to come out the week the week after the game jam's just finished, but uh, we, are, we have been doing prompts based on previous game jam themes, and we're going to continue that this week. And the prompt we're going to have is the sound of a heartbeat. From 2013. Yes. So that shall be interesting. We will do our regular click pitch. Uh, And Trevor, do you want to explain to our audience what click pitch is? Click pitch is a game where both Ben and I have a random word generator in front of us. We both click refresh on the count of three, two, one. We take those two words. We mash them together. We... Add in our extra sound of a heartbeat and we come up with a game design. That's right. And, uh, yeah, we might, like we did in the last episode, maybe we'll try to do one or two where we try to scope it down to something we actually could potentially build in 48 hours. Uh, but we're not going to, we're not going to do that for the whole thing because that is a little bit too limiting for the sorts of things we usually tend to come Let's up with. Let's just say this weekend we made an amazing game. Oh, totally. It was, it, it won. It's not even a contest in that one. Like, it, it was that's that how good. amazing it was. We've never made games before. Oh, well, we sort of have, but we've never finished a game before. Not together, certainly. No. We've got the best team. Best artist. The podcast yeah. that we got, fantastic. Yeah, it's going to win all sorts of awards. They're going to start new award shows just to give it awards. Three to one, no, actually. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Teasing. Nay. Like any IGH? Yep. <laughs> and the sound of a heartbeat. Okay. So you're a horse. Yep. Maybe this is set in the world of Bojack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> or it's set in the world of Rick and Morty and you're and you're playing Beth, a horse surgeon. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, so, so my initial thought was like some sort of situation where you're being teased and your heart rate's going up and down. But uh, I'm not sure that there's enough gameplay around that. So maybe not that. That's where you come in with something more okay, interesting. So <laughs> there you go. You've got this mane, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever, as what, horses, as horses, or whatever, whatever the hell that hair is called. It's like a mohawk, but. Yeah, you know, I think that's so, the main. so it's it's basically you know how when you tease hair you can get it like stand up. <laughs> okay. So the idea being that you're you're a horse barber, mm-hmm. and you've got to basically. In I'm thinking whether whether you do it in VR or something like that. Yeah, basically Makes sense. teasing teasing the the hair and you know putting gel in it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think you could do a lot of different hairdressing-related mechanics. Doesn't all have to be just teasing it. That can just mm-hmm. be one of them. And so, is it is it that you get some like really important customers, and you hear the sound of your own heartbeat as you're working on it because you don't want to fuck it up? Well, I think I think boss levels are basically where you've got like the mafia horse guy come in, and okay. he asks you to shave him. And so, do the horse mafia leave human heads on their enemies' beds? Um, yes. 
Yeah. Yes. It's, I'd assume so. So mm. I, I quite, I quite like the idea that you're playing a human barber. Um, oh, you're a human barber. Okay. But you've got like one of those rubber horse heads on. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying not to be found out. Yeah. Are you a, are you a cop? <laughs> you're like undercover. In the horse mafia as a hair, because you know that they come to this hairdresser, this barber, and it's just one of those fucking rubber horse (laughs) masks. Oh, my God. Yes. In the world of Bojack Horseman. (laughs) So, they're they're all bipedal. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It just, it reminds me of, you know how in Dead Rising, you could, like, put on masks and different helmets and things, and it would show it in the cutscenes? Yep. And it'd just be ridiculous. It reminds me of that, except in this case, it's actually part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, forgive uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. I haven't watched that much BoJack Horseman yet. I know I yep. I know I'm a horrible person. And I need to watch it yeah, all. Yeah, you're like, but um, mm. they've actually got like proper hands, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his hands don't look weird in in the thing. You know, he's doing the no, right thing. No, it's literally and- just yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you could pass. You could pass. And okay. so I like the idea that there's the occasional like random check, you know that that they come in, they come and get you, get you to like the hairdressing police. No, I'm thinking that the mafia guy. <laughs> every time he comes in, you say some unusual things like during your dialogue puzzles or or whatever. Right, I guess because that makes sense, right? As talk. a barber slash hairdresser, yeah, the, it's not just. The hairdressing gameplay, it's the the small talk plays a big part. It's dialogue puzzles as you're trying to to do this uh, yeah. this stuff. Yeah, I, I like that because you can you could get put in some really high pressure hairdressing situations where you're trying to do a really complicated procedure, but there's a gun up against your head or something. You're, tr- you're trying to like shave the boss's sideburns or whatever, mm, and totally. at, the, at the same time, he's like asking you about you know what's your favorite brand of hay, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're thinking there are brands, isn't it all the same? So I- I'm thinking in in like the Telltale style, you know, you got you got the four. The four the choices, four that, the, the four oh. choices that you can make. <laughs> one of them being dot dot dot, so you don't say anything. Right. <laughs> and, you know the other ones. But that's being, suspicious, you know. Yeah, but but it's like, yeah. oh, don't want to tell me what your favorite thing is, and your heartbeat gets faster and faster and faster. And yeah, and then you get other options, so you could either just sort of diffuse the situation or make it worse. And yeah, yeah, okay, that's cool. And in between, you've just got like random customers who you train on, who you sort of practice on, and. Yeah, practice your small talk, but it's less less. The stakes aren't as high. Mm. Although I like the idea that you still have regulars and you learn a bit about the different people who come into this into this, this establishment, uh, Barbo into this <laughs> establishment. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, um, yeah fun. Now, now I'm just wondering if do you have to change masks depending on which mafia guy comes in? Oh, so what, you, they think you're different people. Yeah, so different you, horses. So you either got different horses, or you got you know for the horse mafia, you're wearing the horse mask, and then you find out that like the sheep mafia is coming in, so you got to change <laughs> into the ram's head. <laughs> oh God, maybe, maybe, yeah. Okay. I quite like it. Three to yeah. one. Yeah. Caped. Sizzle. <laughs> caped, like yes. to be caped, to wear a cape, to wear a cape. Okay. Superman's cape. So you're the hero to barbecues everywhere. 
You're a barbecue superhero. Oh, God. And at the end, you get to cook someone's heart. That's where the heartbeat comes in. <laughs> so, I'm seeing mm. you play mm. an ant. Mm. And basically, you've, you've, you found out that you're actually a superhero ant. You, <laughs> unlike most ants who can live, lift like 10 times their body weight, you can lift right. like a thousand, like a thousand times, times. Yeah. your body weight. Um, okay. and so you, you put a little cape on. Sure. Cause the, si- the sizzle is you're literally going up against a kid with a magnifying glass. Yep. Yep. Figured that's where you were going with yep. that. <laughs> yep. Like and it. the idea is that with, with the, Heartbeat, basically, I'm liking the idea that either you're trying to stop this kid's heartbeat <laughs> or the heartbeat is just a metaphor for like the um for like the the colony oh, that's interesting, the heartbeat of the colony, so you know you've got to protect the queen, you've got to do all this mm. sort of stuff because she is the heart of the colony and and yeah, I quite like that maybe you can. You can rally your, your like ants against against the kid. You can. Can you fly? Are you a winged ant? I <laughs> I think that's that is your cape as such. Okay, because I kind of just like the the idea of sort of getting to fly around in this la- around the head of this kid and just like bash into him, and he just goes flying backwards because you're this super strength ant. He can barely see you, and you just like punch yep. him across the face, falls over. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So, what what else can you can you do? I think the the big boss has to be this kid with the magnifying glass. But as part of your other superhero skills that you got to use, you know, there there is a maybe a barbecue in this backyard. So you mm. you go off and you steal a um a sausage. Yeah, well, you become this hero for your anthill by bringing all this food back. Yep, because you can literally just fly over there and carry it. Um, so I think your your biggest problems in this are mortine, fly swatters, yep. um, bug zappers, in which you've got to you've got to like resist the pull of the of the of the um, bug zapper. Yes, yes, okay, yeah. I, I this could be a very strong narrative kind of game. You know, I've been playing a lot of Uncharted, mm-hmm. but I'm sort of thinking, yeah, you like you find out you're this superhero and you start. Getting food and for your for your colony and and different things and learning about where you are and the family of the house that you live outside of and yeah there's all sorts of cool set pieces where you're having to dodge fly spray or resist the urge of of the you know you're it's at night and you're resisting the urge of the uh, the bug zapper of the blue light it's it's mm. like your bo- it's your boss battle. <laughs> <laughs> in which, you know, you're basically doing quick time events to to not go closer to it. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think it ends up being someone else saves you, someone with stronger willpower. Your sidekick, little uh, t- Timmy. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of an ant pun. Anti. <laughs> Instead of that's Annie. Ter- that's, that's not even a... <laughs> A pun, really. It's just ant with an e after it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah, the final battle is against the fucking eight-year-old with a magnifying glass. 
you just you've you've just come back from what you thought was your biggest triumph where like the the I don't know, the dog that's been harassing you, you finally lock it out of the gate after beating it up and you're celebrating with little Timmy flying alongside you. Or maybe he can't fly, maybe he's just like riding on your back. <laughs> and you're like, Yeah, we did it and you think it's the end of the game and then you get back and, and Timmy fucking- gets gets zapped off the off your back by by a beam <laughs> of sunlight. <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah, fucking Jeremy, that kid. He's just like, and his sidekick dies. Okay, so I'm trying to think whether whether you can use some sort of mirror to to like, to like blind Jeremy, reflect sunlight back into the magnifying glass to go right into his eye, just like. <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing this kid has glasses on as well, so it goes through the magnifying glass. the the <laughs> The light hits hits the glasses and just like really really. Find points into his like retina and just <laughs> totally. There we go. It explodes yeah. his eye. <laughs> explodes his brain. Why not? He just <laughs> burn a hole right through his head. <laughs> it somehow burns a hole through his head, through the house, through the earth. The earth explodes. <laughs> End of game. And then it's a then it's a whole thing about global warming and it had. You know, or you know, maybe it's yeah, back, maybe it's set it just, in the eighties, and and like if, there's a hole in the ozone layer, and that's why you know it was so powerful. <laughs> yeah, and the world's just blown up, and it fades out. And it just says recycle. Uh-uh. <laughs> Three, two, one, click. <laughs> Phobia, spasm. Well, so a heart spasm. I mean, that's basically a heart attack, right? Yeah. So, the idea is that you've been to the doctor in the in the very first first part, yeah. And basically, they've given you a heart monitor. Okay. Basically, saying that you've got to you've got to keep your heart rate under, you know, this sort of this sort of amount because of um, your high blood pressure and you're in danger mm. of having a heart attack. Mm. 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 So, unfortunately, you're a bungee jump instructor. <laughs> Or a skydiving instructor. He's <laughs> scared of heights. Uh, but it's the only thing you were you knew how to do. When you filled out that form in high school that said what your career is going to be, it said skydiving instructor, and you're just like, okay, I guess. <laughs> so I, I'm wondering if it's like one of those survival horror games, but the idea is that you can't actually fight back to, any, to anyone. <laughs> you can't be running for too long because you've got to keep your heart rate down. I love the idea of a zombie jumping out in front of you and you just have to, like, not react. You just have to keep calm. Slowly walk away. You, you, you can't, you can't run. It's just, it's just like, <laughs> oh, hey, oh, hey, John. Hi. Oh, you're a zombie, huh? Yep. Cool. Oh, you want to eat my brains? All right. All right. Well, you know, let, give, me a call, <laughs> give me a call. Give me a call and we'll work something out. All right. I've got to get to work. My skydiving job. Where I'm also going to stay really calm. So, <laughs> as you're walking along late at night through Central Park, like you hear footsteps behind you, and mm-hmm. and the more you that just you, have to you rationalize turn- it to yourself, <laughs> it's just a raccoon. And constantly, you got the beep of your like your heart rate monitor. <laughs> right. 
Because that wouldn't fucking drive your heart rate up by itself. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, my heart rate's going up. Oh shit, it's going up higher. Oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> no, it's when it stops. That's when you really worry. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Phew. It's like, oh, since just slipped. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was considering going to the place where we have gone before, where it's actually a custom peripheral, and so in real life, you have to keep your heart rate low. Just for a real challenge. But it keeps on doing, like, jump scares at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's actually testing you physically as a person to keep you cool. <laughs> or even more challenging than jump scares is it, like, gets you emotionally involved in the characters and then one of them betrays you. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the, the hard version of the game is if you, if you can really control your heartbeat really well... Mm. Then you know if you can if you can speed it up, that means that you're going slightly faster as you walk. And then- <laughs> right, it controls your walk speed. Yeah, so like above seventy BPM is walking forward, below is walking backwards. A, a, a quick spike is a jump. <laughs> Basically, teaching you to be like you know a David Copperfield of being able to slow your heart right down so you can survive in a block of ice or something. But if you flatline. You're dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in real life. Like, no, if, in you the game. In the game, you, if you die in the game, you die in real life. I mean, literally, if it's actually measuring your heartbeat and it stops. <laughs> okay, three to one click. Nourishment. Riddance. Riddance, hmm. I think this is a vampire game. Okay. Set in the town of Riddance. In one of those Eastern European countries. Estonia. Riddance Estonia. (laughs) (laughs) And you get nourishment from the beating of a heart. Okay. Uh, So, in this game, you play... What's what's the vampire's name? um, Follicular. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) I think that's a disease. Okay. So, what style of what style of graphics slash gameplay is it? Is it a third person? Is it a side scroller? Is it a Zelda Zelda style overworld? Hmm, it could go in so many different ways. Maybe it's a rhythm game. <laughs> God, you no. have to like well, the beating of the heart, right? You have to. It was going so well, and now I don't care. <laughs> Come on! you got to, like, suck at the right time to get the most blood. As their heart slows down, the tempo changes, and you're, like, a modern vampire. You've got headphones on, so the, the, so the, there's actual music that, like, the tempo changes based on the heartbeat of your victims. Oh, God. I was really no? looking forward to, like, having to coax people into inviting you into their houses and then, like, sneaking in late at night. Well, you could and- still have that stuff, but as soon oh. as you, like, bite into them, you put... Yeah, it's like... Ba- have you seen Baby Driver? He, like, puts yes. his headphones in right before he's about to kill, and then it's this awesomely cool scene where the, the you have to match the... Maybe that's it. You have to keep the, the, the heartbeat to the tempo of the music by sucking less or more... And like keeping them close, t- close to death, but not quite there. 
No, no, you don't like that. I, I, I like, I like the other part, not the rhythm part. Go, <laughs> okay. go back, go back to fine, riddance. Fine, fine. Okay, riddance, Estonia. You're a vampire. Boring. Yes. All right. So maybe a. I mean, I third person action is like that's the easy one. All right, then you're just basically doing Assassin's Creed, but you're a vampire, yeah, yeah. which would be fucking cool, but no. No. I, I like the idea. I'm seeing it as Zelda. Like, okay. You know, a Zelda Link to the Past style overworld. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, you do have the occasional, like, fetch quest and that sort of stuff, or dungeons that you can go through. Mm. But the only way to replenish your... Your life is by like sucking blood, and you know right. everything has to be done at night. So you've you've only got like the night palette sort of thing. So you, when you get closer to to the day, that's when you can like go into a dungeon or something like that. It's something that is not going to have the sunlight sort of hitting oh, you. Oh, I see. Okay, so they could put put some real time elements in there where you have to yeah. keep track. You don't want to finish a dungeon and come out and find us noon, because no. then. You either die or you just have to wait around for a but while. Also, it, it enables you to have certain elements within some of the dungeons. Sort of like if you remember, I can't remember which which Zelda it was. I mean, there's been a few that actually had like light puzzles in which you had to like reflect light onto um mm. onto something. Oh, that'd be interesting. So you have to get to the dungeon during the night because you're a vampire. But then wait until. But you have to wait until a certain time of day. Yeah. And then and then you've got puzzles where you're avoiding the light. So you don't dust yourself. And then you've got to, like, block it and, and, you know, reflect light into certain points. That'd be interesting, actually. I mean, I'm I'm actually thinking of that back into, like, a third person, again, sort of uncharted sort of thing. But it'd be cool to do those sort of reflecting light puzzles, but you can't cross the light beams. Like, like you can't go across them yourselves. You have to avoid the light beams as if they're obstacles. That's kind of neat. You could do that from the the top-down sort of thing, too. But, yeah. Yeah, but I, I see I see what you're talking about about from like a 3D point of view. Mm. Yeah, Ooh. Hmm. I'm seeing I'm seeing. Well, maybe it's a bit more modern Zelda then. We still got the overworld and still got the dungeons, but it's 3D, like more action adventures puzzles. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, I, I do like that idea of sort of having to use mirrors and and lenses to to beam light around except you're a fucking vampire so you, you, so you those, can't are, even those be become seen in the mirrors those be- <laughs> well yeah and those become walls to you then right like you you have to do you end up having to do the puzzles in a certain order because if you reflect this one over there you've just blocked your way off from the entire other side of the room kind of thing yeah i mean in nowadays i mean you could you could have like um technological sort of dungeon that you go into and it's just got like UV beams that just sort of get Oh yeah. Well shot now we're almost at a like portal or what's that other one? You know the one with all the beams. Anyway. No. Okay. Kind of Crytek engine. So um Talus principle. The Talus the Talus oh, yeah, principle. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So bosses, you've got Van mm-hmm. Helsing. Um, he right, finds we're out- going with the classic. Oh yeah, you got to get the classic. I kind of like the Since idea. Since the that- vampire is like follicular, which is like a hair thing, maybe it's yeah. Van Helsing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, fluffy, <laughs> no, uh, pu- uh, 
Um, per, permi, the vampire slayer. I don't know. <laughs> Buffet. Buffet. There you go. Buffont. Buffont. Buffont the Buffy. Buffont the, the, the vampire slayer. <laughs> and Blade, but he's, um, he uses like razor blades. <laughs> he's trying to take your hair, hair down yeah. to stubble. Um, it's <laughs> hair based. Vampires oh, for some God. reason. How did we get there? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I like the idea that it's that you that you're sort of doing Zelda like puzzles. You're a vampire having to if you need to actually like get your life back, then you know you can. You have to kill something. Have to you know if you if you need quick quick life back, then you can like kill a couple of rats here and there. But if yeah. you if you really need like a full health, then you got to you got to like go back to town and hunt someone. Um, if you if you happen to hunt like a a virgin, then you get you know all your life back, all your life back plus <laughs> like double your life points because it's like they've got special. Right, you got yeah like double XP for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Three to one click, loafing, <laughs> trimmer. <laughs> We've already done both a hair cutting game and like a hair based vampire game. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you're not trimming hair. Maybe you're trimming toenails. <laughs> you're like you're loafing around, <laughs> trying to fit your feet into loafers. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking you're like vegging out, like loafing around. Okay, so it's like a surgeon simulator. Yeah, but you're trying to cut your toenails. <laughs> you're trying to cut someone's toenails. Oh, it's not even your own. Okay. And where the heartbeat comes in is if you if you you know make a make a big mistake you literally start seeing you know it's just blood splurts. spurting out yeah heartbeat yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally yeah I like that idea of a of a surgeon simulator esque controls where you're trying to cut someone's toenails well you could add in like painting their toenails as well like full on pedicure sort of stuff yep. You know, scrubbing off their what is it? <laughs> Grinding off their fucking calluses. Yep. So, so the first thing that you get, I like the idea that each tool can only mm. last like one nail before it breaks because these are really, like really super strong nails. So, right. Well, I you, guess it depends on your customer, but yeah. Well, I'm thinking each time you know you you sort of you come up against someone. Yeah, come up against them. I like the idea that it's combat. This is the this is what combat is in this world. Oh yeah, and it's like cut their ready? toenails. Fight, fight! <laughs> click, 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 click. Snap! Shit! It's, it's got like um, blood weapon durability, you know, like Zelda. Um. Right, right, with your clippers. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> right, and then and then if you do a really really good job, mm-hmm. you get into the bonus level, which is a pedicure and manicure. So you right, you get to paint the nails. You get to. Yeah, and then you gotta then you gotta go onto the the fingernails. As, you get as to like, put the little like things in between their toes to keep them separated. Yeah, Nilly did a, did a little bit of offspring there. With- gotta keep them separated. <laughs> yeah, that plays. You gotta keep them separated by putting the little pieces of foam in between their toes, so that when you're painting them out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the end. Flawless pedicure. Flawless. 
<laughs> okay. Three, two, one, click. Paving. Mumbling. <laughs> Mumbling. We should do this whole clip pitch by talking like this. Really? <laughs> so they're going to come around house and fall. They're not going to hear this for a while. And then uh, they're fucking. I don't Star Wars. I don't know. Pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Paving, mumbling. What do they have to do with anything? What do they have to do with heartbeat? Well, that too. Maybe you're burying someone. <laughs> <laughs> They're still alive and you don't realize it. To pave over the top of them so nobody can hear the heartbeat and they're mumbling. Okay. You play. A uh, mafia hitman. Okay. Are you a horse? <laughs> Sheep? Okay, so you play mafia hitman and... Cow? You're, you're basically overseeing this guy who's digging oh, that, his own Oh, that's the mafia. <laughs> okay, you're overseeing this guy who's digging his own grave, sure. And I he's just it. mumbling about, like, a whole heap of secrets and stuff that... He knows that he can he can tell you that'll make you a lot of money, you know, trying to get you to, to stop from Right, to spare his life, yep. Yep. Um obviously the mumbling comes in, paving comes in because, you know, you've got to try and keep keep the grave from being from being detected. Right. So what's so, the gameplay? What's the gameplay? Okay. So I'm thinking that you happen to be um this guy happens to be digging his own grave in Central Park. All right. And the gameplay is trying to stop yourself from being noticed by all the people walking around in the <laughs> park. <laughs> so, you're pretending to be a gardener or something? Yeah, either, like, either you're pretending to be a gardener or... You or know. like a workman. It's like, yeah, so, just there's some pipes here under the, under this tree. <laughs> We've got to fix them. Just laying some pipe. <laughs> Just laying some pipe. This guy's gonna go in there, lay some pipe. He done in a jiffy. Um, pave right over him. So the the idea being that you got to choose the right time to to kill this guy, and you know then start paving over over him without people noticing. Right. So it's sort of like a um. Maybe you see some kids off in the off in the background, and they happen to walk past, and you you get them to um you give them some money and get them to buy some fireworks, so that as they're lighting them off, you time you know when one of the fireworks goes off with one of you, with a gunshot, right, right. So yeah, okay, so you can you know do a few different things and of how to finish this one level, and then so that's just one level. So you just constantly. This is your job in the mafia is just you're the grave digger slash grave digging over like supervisor for people who are digging their own graves. Um, you, I, I'm now thinking you've got a whether, big bag of paving stones. I'm now so, thinking whether your your character is is a mumbler that brings mumbling into into the whole thing. So what do you mean? Like he, mum- so he just mumbles, or he is just, that a term, some terminology his- I'm not aware of? He just he mumbles all the time. So okay, p- people that talk to him sort of go, "What'd you say?" And he has to sort of say it more eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. 
Um, and the heartbeat is, you know, well, you're killing some guy and stopping his heartbeat. So, very loose. <laughs> Close enough. All right, I think we need to click again. That was, that was okay. I think maybe for this next one, because you and I sent you a link the other day, the Global Game Jam has these diversifiers. Yep. Uh, which are just optional challenges, basically, that you can uh, that you can use to make your game to sort of get some bonus points, as it were. You're not actually yep. scored on this stuff, but you know there's a, there's some personal achievement for doing so. Uh, and some of them are sponsored, which is kind of cool, uh, with different SDKs and things. But some of them are just are just challenges on accessibility and different art things. So I think yep. we should choose one that would work for from the design sense and and use that as a challenge. Have you got one in mind? Yes. Well, there's a couple. So, obviously, I think we're looking at the ones under design mostly. Okay. God, I need to go back in time and find... Well, I, okay. I can, I can choose one if you like. It might be easier. <laughs> All right. So, I think... Ah, let's do... Maybe maybe I'll be there in a minute. Your game can be played through in thirty seconds or less. So that's the challenge for this. How next... is that a minute if you can play through it in thirty seconds? I don't know. It just sounds better. <laughs> maybe they meant to write sixty. I'm not sure. Anyway, thirty or sixty seconds, whatever we want to go through. That's a key part of the design is that the game is played through in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. So three, two, one, click. Okay, <laughs> magician. Flaming. Oh. Okay, so this is interesting, particularly with heartbeat, because you literally have a limited number of heartbeats at your disposal, or, like, to to designate the time. I mean, obviously, different heart rates, that will change based on the actual timing, but it, it could almost be part of the timing around how this game plays out. Okay. I think that this could be... A game where you're playing a magician, and mm-hmm. depending on what key combinations you you're able to put in, mm. depends on on the sort of sort of trick that you're able to able to pull. Okay. So, like at the start when you're playing through one of these these games, like it, it'll be sort of um, say you got an Xbox controller. One trick that you got is ABB. Right. So you hit ABB. And your character does does that trick, and then you mm-hmm. can fold fold that into another trick that you can follow with. And basically, you're trying to get as many tricks as as you can into thirty seconds, and you okay. get scored based on you know the sort of randomness of the tricks that you that you sort of brought in. Okay, so it's like a Tony Hawk kind of <laughs> like skate yeah. thing, except for magicians. Yeah, so. Maybe you've you've got to um, move the hands in a certain way using mm. sticks, and then hit hit a combination to to you know pull. Well, a I like out the of idea the of having to bring like in like misdirections. You have to do misdirections at the right time. So in one, like with one hand, you know, you do a blast of flame out to the left, and the right hand, you're having to press buttons to actually like do some sleight of hand to drop drop a ball into your sleeve or something. And depending on how well you go. Um, timing it with your heartbeats. Mm. Mm. So you get that sort of rhythm game as well as, you know, you, you're doing something with one hand that then, you know, is sort of like a flourish. And then as you go, as the levels go, because, you know, one level is only 30 seconds long. Yeah. Um, 
So yes, you can play through the through the game. Well, like I think that. literally, I think literally the whole game should be thirty seconds long. But the but you play it over and over again to get better and to discover new tricks. And that you to can then you know like the more elaborate the trick, get the better, you more points the, better the score or, that you can get. Yeah, and or like they chain together in different ways because oh that could be interesting. Like a particular trick you you deter you discover leaves the audience's attention at us on a certain thing on the stage. So that would go more naturally then into the first part of this other trick, where the first thing you need to do is some sleight of hand to like. Makes you know uh, to to pick something up without the audience noticing or whatever. Um, yep. That could be really interesting. That the way that those tricks could chain together like that, based on the audience's attention and the props or you know that you have available to you. You know, maybe you have to do things like as part of the trick. You've only you know you have to recharge your little flame burst because you know that as you know in one of the later tricks you're going to need that again, but it only holds one. You know, one charge at a time, whatever. You have to re- yeah. get, refuel it. And so, working that into a previous trick where you, you, you know, you, you, because maybe your tricks sort of bring you to different points on the stage or something. So, yeah, you have to chain them in the right way. Ah, that's and if you interesting. Do, if, you don't chain, if you don't chain it in the right way, then pe- people, people see what you, what you just tried to do. Yeah. And I like the, I like the idea of the heartbeat almost just being uh, an indicator of how well you're doing. Like, the, the the worse you do, the higher your heartbeat goes because you start getting nervous, and maybe that makes certain things more difficult. It's almost a negative feedback loop um, until you can do something to to bring it back down again. Like you know, maybe you you, you fuck you fuck up a more difficult trip, trick. Your heartbeat goes up. You know now because maybe it is timed to your heartbeat. Oh, that's interesting. The calmer you are, the easier it is to pull off the more difficult tricks. So you you screw up a trick, your heartbeat goes up, you go, oh, shit, I'm going to have to change my plan, do an easier trick to bring that heartbeat back down, but you're not going to get as many points. But then again, if your heartbeat's slower, then you can only do X amount of um, inputs in that 30 seconds. You can only do like 30 inputs in in the 30 seconds. If you literally have to time it. Yeah, okay. But if if you speed up your heart, then you can do like to 120. All all of a sudden, you can do 60 60 moves in that. um, Yeah, in that minute. In that minute. So, okay. So, maybe there are ways then, because you don't want to, like, if if there are benefits to speeding up your heartbeat, you don't want to have to only have the, the only way to speed it up to be screwing up a trick. Maybe pulling off more elaborate tricks also ups your heartbeat to a certain degree or certain tricks or something. Yeah. Because you've you've just done a dangerous trick and pulled it off and so you know your adrenaline is pumping a bit harder and that's interesting. A, a, a yeah, a, a magician's game where it's literally about where the mechanics really involve the the misdirection and sleight of hand. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I wonder how you'd indicate that. I mean obviously you could just show the audience looking at certain places. I mean that might be enough. You could really have just the audience reactions be an indicator of how well you're doing and where their attention is, and because hmm. I'm kind of picturing it, f- viewing it from behind the magician. Do you know what I mean? Like you're seeing the magician from, you're seeing their back, and the audience out in front of them. So the benefits of this are, for one, you can see the audience and where they're looking, but two, you can see the things that the magician has behind their like case and where their props are stored. And they're, you know, they're they're fuel for their, you know, flame, little flame blast thing and the rabbit in the cage. (laughs) So I'm just wondering whether you can, you can strafe left and right with, with like the, um, the, the, uh, bumper buttons. 
Yeah, yeah. Move between sort of different positions on the stage where you've got different things set up. You've got like triggers that can that can um, either maybe you can kneel down slightly or you can. Yeah, or I wonder if the triggers are just a modifier of some kind. So if you're holding the trigger down, you do a certain type of thing with the with the left stick, and if you let it go, you're doing a certain other sort of other thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it'd just come down to the combinations. I guess it it would be interesting to make the player literally sort of come up with their own tricks by having these inputs just do certain things with your hands and with your props and and it's kind of like one of those um you know the mortal combat combos in in which hmm. uh, but I'm I'm picturing if you happen to if you happen to hit this combo it'll actually unlock and put it in your say spellbook right so, so you can at least you're at least aware of it now yeah it'll tell you okay to do this trick, it, you have to be in this position and you have to mm. hit these. Well, because then you can plan buttons. out, then you can actually plan out your whole set once you've discovered enough of the tricks. And I'm not saying it necessarily gives you the prompts, but you could, you could put it into your little book and, and it'll say, okay, next we're doing this trick. And so I don't know if you have to remember that that trick starts in a certain position or at least prompts you where you need to be next or. Or what? Maybe there's different difficulty levels based on yeah. what sort of prompts it gives you. Maybe there's an easy. Maybe there's an easy level that actually says, "Okay, these are the tricks that you can do from here." And here are the button combinations. Yeah, and I like the idea of from those initial tricks, you give them an element of discovery where it's like, "Oh, well, if I tweak this slightly, because holding in the right bumper means I'm going to do sleight of hand with whatever prop I have there, but you know, but moving the, the stick down means I'm going to." drop it below whatever, like, whatever table I'm standing in front of. Like, you could do a slight variation on the trick because it puts it in a different position than, you know, the one it taught you, which was to put it up your sleeve or something. Mm. Oh, that, that's pretty That's cool. really interesting. I don't yeah. know whether we'd be able to get that done in 48 hours. but <laughs> No, probably not. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, you'd ha- it'd, the real challenge would be the, coming up with those inputs being interesting. Yes. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Penn and Teller's Fool Us on YouTube. Oh, same here. I love that show. (laughs) So, I've kind of just got a lot of different things in mind about how they sort of do stuff. Not that they tell you how they're done, but sometimes I look it up afterwards and find videos on how those tricks are performed. Yeah, it's quite funny when you you work out that some of the ones that they get fooled on, it's just because they didn't know how they got got the message... Or, you know, there was one particular part where it could have been one or t- one of two ways that they did it. And yeah, and they guessed the wrong one. <laughs> and they basically. guessed the wrong one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's, there's, there was this one that I watched, and they said that you know, I, the you got you got the all the premonitions written off 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 stage, and yes, he, he said yep, and then they said, oh, so you. Uh, put it in your pocket and it went down, went down your leg and ended up in your shoe. Turns out, no, what he had was like this, this cutout of on his shoe, and he just like stepped onto onto it, and that's what put the um, <laughs> right. So it was thing slightly different. So it was, it was yeah. still what they want, what they said. You know, it got into the shoe and it wasn't yeah. in there from the start. It was just they, yeah. They didn't but I guess they were still fooled. Like they're, you know, they're they're trying to guess exactly how they do the trick or figure out exactly how they do the trick based on their extensive knowledge and experience so yeah well there you go you can have you can have Penatello as unlockable uh, characters or something or, Un- unlockable or, judges <laughs> yeah judges that's right that's a, that's a later level you start with a higher heartbeat because you're so nervous but, 
but the fi- the final the final um the final level is you're on Penintella Pen and Teller's fullest. Yeah, totally. <laughs> As you get, the higher the scores you get, like um, the better, the better audiences you're in front of, and and the final one is is fullest. Totally. Okay. Three, two, two, one. Click, click. Vent. Underworld. <laughs> okay. That that uh, that brings up some interesting ideas narratively. Hmm. Vents into the underworld, like I'm okay. getting almost a like a Cor- like a Coraline sort of thought of of discovering or a Narnia kind of thing of like discovering a, mu- a mundane entrance into the underworld through a heating okay. duct. So mm-hmm. here is your diversifier. Okay, palindrome. Oh, the game story must end the same way it began. Okay, that's cool. So, all right. Interesting. How will that work? Okay, so, well, how does it start? Let's figure out how it starts. Is it about someone discovering a vent into the underworld? Um, Where yeah. are they? Where are they? What are they doing? And how are they going to end up there at the end of the story as well? Um, I, I'm kind of liking the idea that this guy has been having nightmares. Okay. He looks under his bed and he finds this vent. Okay. So it's it's a nice simple with whether it's a, a kid or something like that. Um I kind of like the idea of I being like a kid the- from the Coraline idea that you Maybe I I feel like uh so we can go a bit darker with it. I think maybe maybe a slightly older kid at least, like a young teenager. teenager. Like 13 yep. kind of thing. Yep. Okay. So it starts off with this kid looking under his bed, finding this vent. Well, okay. So, yeah. by, so by, well, starting, think- by start by ending it in the same place, it's I'm sort of steer, um, changing some of the rules on on that. Basically, yeah. you complete everything. You you think that you close you close the vent for all time, but it just turns out that it's just moved it to another bed, and you you see. You know, another kid having nightmares looks under under his bed, and there's the vent. So it it just it's a continuing sort of story that um, you know one of the horror tropes of you thought that you beat you beat the baddie, but yeah. it turns out that it's just going to happen again. Right. Okay. My thought was this kid is having these nightmares, really disturbing things about demons and death and and torture, mm-hmm. and he wakes up one night and he sees some like. He sees a waft of smoke come out from beneath his bed. He's like, what the yep. fuck? He looks under there and there's this vent he's never seen before and it's sort of just this slowly wafting smoke coming out of it. Yep. So. And it, it's sort of doing that linger on the ground sort of Yeah, smoke. totally. And so. so it's, in, it's not rising into the air. It's got that no, sort of it's, mist. It's heavy. Yeah. Of, it's this yep. very thick, heavy like smoke. You can almost smell the sulfur just by looking at it. Oh, yeah. And, like. uh, you know, his heart's beating fast, because, of yes. course. Happy, yeah. But he bravely opens this vent, and he goes down to face his demons. And he goes through these adventures where he has to travel across the underworld. And he meets this family of demons who he makes friends with. And he... Beats the bad guy, and he decides that because his parents are assholes, 
he's just going to live with these nice demon parents. And so he goes to bed, but then he has even worse dreams and he looks under his bed and there's a vent to the double underworld. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to black. Double underworld. <laughs> so the, I'm, I'm now picturing that there was like a um a ready orangey tint coming out of the out of the out of the vent that he just the sort initial of saw, one yeah the initial one and the second one's just blue <laughs> like a yeah, blue totally. green sort of thing yeah so <laughs> yeah with with what's happening in the underworld do do you meet like do you have to cross like the river sticks and so is it like from like we're Greek, going into mythology yeah, like or? into the mythology. Um, yeah, yeah, we could do. I kind of like the idea sure. that there's like a fetch quest where you have to find like uh, the two coins to give to Sharon. To yeah, be able to cross mate, I feel like sticks. that's been done. I kind of like the idea of of exploring this world, this underworld, where most of the demons are actually just like nice families and stuff. Like they're not all evil. <laughs> And so it's it's actually it's actually just a family ferry across the river Styx, and it does cost it costs two bucks. <laughs> I, I'm now liking the idea. Donation, that you, you, donation. You go into this um, you go into this underworld, and you see like, say, the neighbourhood from from um, Desperate Housewives, you know, Wisteria Lane, <laughs> right. And and you just see all these demon people like mowing their lawns. Yeah, and, totally. And it's very su- it's very suburban. And hi, hi. <laughs> oh hey! So when when the kid sneaks into into the vent, yeah, he actually uh, sneaks out from underneath, like oh. the demon family's child's bed, <laughs> and right. the demon the demon family child like, like screams and he, he's he's been having nightmares of of like this human. fleshy person. Um, sneaking yeah. in from under his bed, and then it happens one day, and it turns. They don't out even that- have any scales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Uh, you could do some interesting exploration there, and yeah, of course, he like gets to know them over time, and and there is a big bad. I think you do end up going and fighting Satan or something, or Hades or whatever the Hussein or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hitler. Sure. <laughs> I. I- I'm sort of stealing a bit from You're South Park. You're going to the South Park, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> um, no, I like that. And I like, yeah, that idea of, well, I'm not going back up to the overworld. The day world. I'll stay here. My new adoptive demon parents. <laughs> With buttons on their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I reckon All we can right. click again one more time. And one then more time. Those. All right, well, let's let's make this one we can actually do in 48 hours since we've only got five minutes of the episode left. Yep. Okay, three, two, one, click. Ouch. Bagged. Bagged. Yes. Okay. I could think of some interesting mechanics around, like, having to bag something or, like, hearts. Hearts that are bouncing around. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're little anthropomorphic hearts. <laughs> yeah. If they land on the ground, they go, ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Got to get them in a bag. Okay. Your Santa Claus, but for vampires. So, I'm picturing that this is 
like one of those old, old, old um, game and watch style games. <laughs> okay, so you got like five positions on the screen you can be in. Yeah, and yeah. and so basically, there's been an explosion at the um at the heart factory. Heart factory. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sure. And the, there's like a guy up in the window throwing hearts out for you to catch. Um, okay. You know, and you're just trying to you're just trying to catch as many as you can by, you know, moving to the, into each position and, and sort of right. So it's like that game where the babies are being thrown out of the yeah yeah bouncing along the along the thing. Except mm. you know you're not having to bounce like multiple of them. It's pretty much you just ca- you're just catching the catching the hearts in the in the bags. Okay. Um. Oh, I see. Catching but- them in the bags. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a multiple multiple step to it though, because you have to maybe you. You can fit a certain amount in a bag. Then you've got to tie it off and, and then throw it out like, to the side. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's going to take a little bit more time. And so you don't want to get caught where a barrage of like five hearts come down, but you can only fit two in your bag because then they're just all going to fall out. And I like the idea that if they fall on the ground, you like there's a pool of blood that if you then go over it, you will slip a bit. And so you also have to be aware of that. As you and, catch these and also down. the heart is now no longer viable and you've only got, you know, certain amount of hearts that you're allowed to hit the ground. Otherwise, you oh, yeah. yeah, you lose your job. Like, <laughs> you're, you're trying to transport these hearts to people who need transplants, right? <laughs> yep. And so, so whether, whether you actually put it, whether you're catching them in a bag, like a plastic bag, or whether you're catching them in like, you know, those, um, Oh, like, like the yeah, the, the containers. Life yeah. Well, I, I think I do like the idea that you need to catch multiple in there, but yeah, maybe they're relatively small. You can hold like eight, and then you have to close them off and get back to the truck or whatever, or the ambulance, put them in, get back to the, you know, grab another one. So it's just that you just have to time it right. So you know, there's, there's six in there, and there's a little pause. So you're like, oh shit, all right, I better, I'll, I'll do it now, even though I could fit another couple. So that it's so that it's not so fast paced. Should they have like little parachutes? Like uh, maybe because otherwise, maybe otherwise do. with gravity, you throw it out and it's like hits the ground. It's like yeah, I was never going to catch the, all of those. You know, he's just continually throwing <laughs> well, hearts I mean, I out. Think it's you like you can alter the gravity a bit, so it's. I think you'd alter the gravity a bit, so it's doable. And it's a pretty high building. Okay, it's like the water. There's the like you know how there's some fa- factories or whatever have the big water tower. Because they need to keep it like uh, above to pump it. That, that's they have to for some reason keep the hearts up in the heart tower. Okay, but it's 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 got a crack in it, and so they're having to empty it, and that's what you that's why you're doing this. And the fastest way is from just to throw them out. But there's, so you got a bit of lead time. You see him throw them. You got a second or so or two before they hit the ground. Maybe you can shoot parachutes at some of them. You get a power up. I'm thinking, you know, I'm figuring this is pretty arcadey. Yeah, I, I, I quite like that. <laughs> you could, you could do some, some cute graphics with that. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, I guess I'm just thinking, yeah, like a side-on sort of view, like guy running backwards and forwards. Yeah, with a- guy running backwards and forwards. Like the buildings at one side, the ambulances at the other. Um, you've got certain positions you could be in. I don't know if you actually make it discrete positions like a game and watch, or if there's just a an analog movement along that I can't along like the that idea dimension. Of it being an analog movement. Yeah, and but you can't actually see him. Well, it might be an interesting challenge. You you can't see the ground and the guy at the top at the same time. So you can like scroll up to see him throwing them out, yep. but then you just see like their shadows 
that's where you, how you have to know. That's how you know where they're coming. Is you see their shadows on the ground. <laughs> God. If you really want to do a challenge, instead of it being side on, it's like the camera is facing the building, looking down at the ground, and you've actually got a two-dimensional plane you can be in. <laughs> so you're like moving forward, backwards, left, and right, and when you look up, the camera actually like pan, like swings up to see the top and then swings back down so it's pointing down sort of where you are and again you can see the shadows coming down but it's not just along one plane it's in a two-dimensional like square that you can move around yep a plane yeah we could make that totally (laughs) 48 hours i reckon so definitely okay so i think that does it does us for yet another episode it does it does uh yeah thanks for joining us if you want to find us online we are on twitter facebook and instagram at bitstormcast we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash bitstorm. We are on Podchaser at podchaser.com slash bitstorm. You can leave ratings and reviews there. You can save us. Uh, you can share from there. We now have share buttons. We should have had them a while nice. ago, but now they're there. Except for my favorite type of sharing, which is copy to clipboard. That's, That's coming. It's coming this week. <laughs> so it'll be here by the time this episode gets released. Yay, yes. they're, share- they're sharing by copy to clipboard. That's my yes. favorite. Thank you, Ben. Okay, check us out on iTunes where you can rate, review, and subscribe if you're on iOS devices. We have a website, bitstormcast.com. We have amazing friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Check them out on Twitter or Facebook. Just search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter and the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook, and you'll see all those lovely people there. They all post their latest episodes pretty much on one of those two platforms. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Roll me that dillo. <laughs> it was was that this one? Um, was it? Was it definitely it? wasn't this one. Okay. Um, I I want to shave your legs. <laughs> <laughs>